there, and welcome to our fourth episode of Lady Plays. I'm Kato Phelan. And I'm Lindy Rosario. And we're your producers who will be bringing you a new play written by a female playwright every episode. This month's play is called Darn It Darla, and it's written by Lavinia Roberts. Darn It Darla is a satire and features four characters. Naveen, played by Kate. Portia, played by Erin Solar. Linda, played by Elisa Pupko. And Devin, played by Ken Arpino. Be sure to stick around after the play for an in-depth interview with our playwright, Lavinia. Darn it, Darla. Naveen enters. She is in running clothes. Portia is reading a celebrity gossip magazine. Linda, her assistant, is anxiously hovering near her, carrying a large purse with an assortment of Portia's belongings. Back so soon? I ran three miles. I'm your manager, not a miracle worker. Go run three more. I want you so thin they need to put a microscope on you before filming. Are you really my manager, Portia? I thought managers were supposed to get you acting jobs. I'm ready to give up. I'm unappreciated. I can't believe you turned down the love interest role in Hala Biatch's new music video. Love interest? He wanted me to play a disembodied ass in a row of other disembodied asses. So I was stripped of identity and depicted as an interchangeable object. That's really moving forward with my acting career, Portia. Here, check out my acting reel. I'm playing ass number four. Linda, my nail file. Couldn't you look at playing an interchangeable ass without identity as expressing your sexuality? I'm afraid my sexuality is a personal affair between partners I trust and respect, not performing for strangers, and about their pleasure and not my own. Don't you have anything else lined up? Well, I have almost sealed the deal for you to be the spokesperson for the Cattleman's Beef Board's new commercial campaign! I'm vegetarian. This is going to end up how having your own brand of perfume did when you found out it was tested on animals. Fine. Fine. You don't have to be the spokesperson for Cattleman's Beef Board. Linda, what else do we have for Naveen? Well, let's see. There was a proposition for having her be a guest judge on a new reality show. Fine. I'll be a reality show judge. Anything to get over everyone thinking of me as darn it Darla. Darn it Darla. She's darling. She's daring. She's dimpled. But she'll always make you say darn it Darla. <laughs> I'm not a child anymore. I can do more than show off my dimples. You just had the cutest dimples. Your selective and subtle usage of dimples in Darna Darla were really strong acting choices and showed the breadth of your talent and your commitment to your craft. What's this reality show gig? Well, kids are competing to be the next Caboodles Channel child star and have their own shows. You'll be judging them? No. What? No, I'm not being a judge for a reality show. I can do more. Linda, cuticle cream? Well... I think there might be a way to get you past bit parts in Lifetime original made-for-TV movies, guest appearances on daytime soaps, and late-night infomercials. Anything. We need to give you a new image, bring you back into the public's view. Exactly. Linda, Aphrodite Pink. Linda, the list. How do you feel about drunk driving? What? Embezzling money? A, a new nose? Maybe bigger breasts. Have you ever thought about developing an eating disorder? Maybe being found with a couple grams of cocaine. I don't do cocaine. Are you trying to get me in jail? Only for a few months. 
Just long enough for all the paper headlines to read, Darn it, Darla, not so darling anymore. I have no intention of going to jail. You would be fine. I'll give you some cigarettes. In LA County Jail, word is you can trade 200 cigarettes for exactly what you'd expect. Oh, I can expect a lot in LA County Jail. No, Portia. Do you want me to bring in Darla's boyfriend? My name is Naveen, not Darla, and I don't have a boyfriend. I'll get him. I think he's still waiting by the pool. Linda exits. Couldn't I start a charity or something? Human beings are only salacious morsels and fallible weakness. We don't want our leaders to talk about our troubles. We want them to be HD ready. We don't want to know about the state of the ozone or economy. But who looks best in a bikini after having a baby and who has cellulite and where? Do a public service. Give them someone to hate for a while. They'll never know you or be you, but it makes them feel big for a moment to feel better than you. They'll love to hate you, and they'll cough up the change the next time you're on the big screen just so they can complain about you afterwards to their companions. I don't want any part in normalizing being a terrible person. Linda helps in Devin. Ooh, did somebody say terrible person? I do not know this man. Escort him off my estate, now. This is Devin hey. from Only For You, the boys band. Only for you does my heart seem to fly. Yeah. Only for you the days won't go by. Only for you did I ever learn to cry. Only for you, baby. Only for you. So, when do we start shooting? He pulls out handcuffs from his pocket. Oh yeah, baby girl. Only for you, baby. Only for you. Excuse me? That's right. Only for you, darling Darla. My name is not Darla. Darla is a fictional character. Yeah, whatever, baby. We are gonna be headline news for weeks. When is darn it Darla a darling or dominatrix gets leaked? Nothing is getting leaked or happening except me asking you to leave my property before I get security to escort you out. As your manager. Who doesn't want to become my ex-manager? You naturally agree with this request. Will you at least get in the limo while Devin drives intoxicated? Mm -hmm. No, I'm not going to LA County just to boost my publicity. But I've arranged for you two to have a romantic weekend in rehab. But I don't need to go rehab. We have these celebrity disguises to help you stand out by looking like you're really trying to not stand out. Linda pulls out sunglasses and scarves from the purse. Uh, I thought you said darling Darla here and I were getting married before rehab. Married? I was only planning on it being for a few weeks. Or months. Just long enough for the adoptions to go through. Yeah, we are adopting like six kids from like Haiti or I don't know, somewhere else poor in Africa. <laughs> Haiti's not in Africa. I'm not letting you near our children. Wait, I don't have children and I'm not adopting any children from Africa or Haiti or anywhere else. Don't worry, Darla. My name is Naveen, not Darla. Darla is a fictional character. You won't have them for long. They'll be taken away. Your drug addiction spins out of control, and he has no choice but to leave you and take the children. Hey, why can't my drug addiction spin out of control, and she leaves me and takes the children? No one cares about your drug addiction. You've had it for years. What are you talking about? 
There was a spread about me in US Weekly just last month for indecent exposure while intoxicated, I'll have you know. My drug addiction is still newsworthy. You're the only thing spinning out of control, Portia. All I'm asking for is some much needed plastic surgery, a little jail time to become bulimic, a solid celebrity divorce, get then lose half a dozen adopted children, maybe to spend a little time addicted to cocaine so you can go to rehab. That's all. What manager could be more concerned for your well-being? Get me an audition. I want to act. I got some designer dresses that other celebrities wore recently, so that way you can wear them too, and we can compare how you look in them. Oh, we've decided you should go blonde. She pulls out a blonde wig. I'm not some voyeuristic thing for you to hypersexualize, to turn into some object of contrition and ridicule. I am a creative artist. Relax, Darla. We did get you an audition for the lead sex bot assassin in a new comic book movie. It's the sequel to a sequel to something that was a spinoff of something else. <laughs> I don't want to have every camera angle showing off what a sex object I am while I blow things up. I'm not a fighting sex toy. I want real empowerment. I want a meaty, thoughtful, well-written role where camera angles highlight my emotional, immaterial state. Can you get me an audition for something like that? I could cast you in my new music video. There's gonna be a row of really fine women's asses that should be perfect for. No, thank you. Now why don't you get your ass out of my house? I would be really fine with that. Oh good, the police. Maybe they'll help escort you out. This is for your own good, Darla. Don't call me that, my name is Naveen. I was hoping my nails would have dried before they arrived. I was hoping we'd have time to shoot the porn before they arrived. Don't worry, baby. We can always create images of our torrid sadomasochistic love affair using Photoshop. No one will believe you! I understand the breakup was very hard for you. That's why you considered suicide. Suicide? It was very hard for Portia to report you. Suicide? Well, I haven't the faintest notion of committing suicide. Maybe killing the three of you, but not suicide! Don't worry, we found a place for you to recover. And I'll fill in the press about the sorry affairs leading up to your institutionalization. Institutionalization? It's for your own good, darling Darla. It's for everyone's good. Now I'd like to get some context about the piece from our playwright, Lavinia. Lavinia, how do you think it's possible, if it is possible, for a woman to break society's image of her, the way Naveen is always trying to break out of the image of the fictional character of Darla? I do think that uh, sexism is institutionalized and is part of a structure and a system and people like to see what they already know. It's much more comfortable. And with a lot of media, it's definitely, there's a lot of mass numbing agents uh, that are really intent to make people not think and to just be kind of overstimulated and desensitized. But I think there's also a lot of creative practitioners in various mediums who are making stronger work. And I think if you do work that reflects your core values and you have secular humanist values and you appreciate diversity and human experience and the specificity of life and truth and you create work that 
you believe in is engaging and is from your perspective, then any artist from any background can really share their emotional journey and the emotional journeys of their characters and create work that models and mentors something better to the people they share their work with and future generations. So there's a lot that can still be done and a lot that we have to be mindful of as consumers in terms of what we support. But there's also a lot of great artists out there doing strong work and work that comes from a good place and cares about how their artists, art, women are depicted and treated. Absolutely. Do you feel that the media is more forgiving of men who behave badly? I I do definitely think that, especially with slut shaming and um, how how women are are treated. I think the media is especially um, in terms of self objectifying. So seeing women's bodies instead of as being tools for their own use, as seeing them more as um, objects to be used and so what's more important about a woman is how you look instead of uh, what your actual immaterial state and there's so much ageism in Hollywood as well in terms of for women that they face so I do think that we're incredibly critical of women's bodies and how they appear and especially in a lot of blockbuster films this the huge disparity of age too between male and female act actors so I think there's probably more we can do. I, I totally agree with you that there is this level of sexism, but do you, th why do you think, if you've ever experienced this, that women push other women into those stereotypes? Well, I think there's patriarchal bargaining, and that's when, it, when you're in a patriarchal system, you do what you know will gain you power within that system. And seeing, it's important to see feminism on a global perspective and working collectively with women all over the world and seeing empowerment as something really practical and legislative instead of about this one person is able to do whatever they want. So um, maybe by, you know, if Darla had been a disembodied ass, she could gain empowerment within the system, but she isn't really gaining real empowerment because she's not actually depicting women in a positive way and she's... Um, not really doing anything to actually help women in a global scale. And if anything, maybe it to makes, there's a lot of problems in the media of making violence against women sexy. Like in horror films, they're often shot in the same way that pornos are in terms of the angles. Mm -hmm. And it's to sort of titillate a male audience. And so it isn't, again, it's not really empowerment. It's really about making money off of, of women and um, titillating a kind of a male gaze. So and we've definitely all as artists experienced so much of what uh, the issues that are brought up in Darn It Darla. As an artist, how have you personally experienced um, the is any of the issues that are brought up in this play? Uh, I think implicit bias is something to be really mindful of. And um, implicit bias is it's a lot of it's subconscious. You're not intentionally meaning to do it. And it's just not being aware of your privileges and what those are and how you're interacting with other people and what positions of power you have. And so I think more that we can do whatever our gender or sexual orientation or color, whatever we can do to be, or class, whatever we can do to be aware of what our implicit biases are and our privileges are, the 
more we can do to support other artists and create really mindful, strong work that highlights the, I think art more than anything else highlights emotional journeys and really strong artwork emotionally engages with audiences and records that journey and that process, whether it's told in a surreal way or a very realistic way. So work that really creates that. But in terms of, I mean, I, I had an experience. I, I wrote a show for um, The Fringe this summer, which was a Dostoevsky adaptation. And I wrote the whole play. It's only the story. So none of the words actually come from Dostoevsky. But a lot of the men who auditioned for it were like, oh, Dostoevsky's so great. I love this line. or And I had written it. and Or um, I made, since I wrote it, I made um, main characters in it women. And they were secondary, like they were only mentioned a few times in the books, like his landlady and her servant. And so they're older women. I thought they were cool. And so I made them main characters in the play. So that's what happens I, I when you have maybe women adapting Dostoevsky is that they are drawn to, you know, really cool older women characters. That's who they want to write about and they're excited about. And so those people become part of but but it was definitely and I don't think they're people who would identify themselves as sexist but their implicit bias was that they could not believe a woman of my age had written this play they thought it was Dostoevsky's lines because it's a very poetic and heightened kind of language that I chose to use that I think is in his style and pays tribute to him and the themes he was exploring in terms of poverty so that was something really specific, but it, it happened all the time where people would see the play or they would make comments during auditions. And I actually got, I was pretty irritated um, towards the end, but I do think there is a, in terms of women's writing being seen on stage or validated. And it, again, it's people have assumptions and a lot of it's modeled and mentored and passed down and they aren't even aware of it. And so again, it's women statistically do much better in academia, at least when you don't put their names on, when you don't put names on resumes. So statistically, when you're just looking at qualifications, women will do, will do better. So there's, I don't know. I, I completely agree with you, and I'm sure we've all experienced those bias, and that's part of the reason why uh, we started Lady Plays, was to make people more aware of the work that's being produced by women. And thank you so much for being here and, and allowing us to produce your play. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed being a part of this and to have the opportunity to share this work. Big thanks to our director for today's episode, Sarah Chichester, Chris Gillard, our sound designer from Soundhouse Audio, Theo Tasker, our composer, our actors, Aaron Soler, Elisa Pupko, and Ken Arpino, and especially to Lavinia Roberts for her hilarious play. For more information about Lady Plays and to find out how to get involved, please head to greenroomblog.com and click on the Lady Plays podcast tab, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find both me and Lindy on Twitter at at Kate O'Fallon and at Literary Lindy. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Lady Plays in iTunes or your podcast app so you'll never miss an episode.